are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Becca's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Podcast number 70. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good guest for you this week is um, someone you've probably read throughout the years if you read Bachelor recaps on the internet. She's had one for a while now, and uh, we'll get to her in a minute. A couple things to get to. First off, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. It certainly helps the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, their ranking systems are really wacky and kind of Hard to explain, but all I know is is if you do vote and rate, not vote, but if you rate it and subscribe, uh, it certainly helps uh, the podcast. Reviews also help as well. I believe our last 10 now have reached the top 10 in the TV and film category, so that's great. I really appreciate that. Also, um, like I said, any comments certainly help as well. I've been able to check out a few of those. Obviously, I don't read every single one of them. It's almost impossible to. But um, I appreciate all the uh, uh, all the five-star ratings that you've given the podcast, and I hope you've all enjoyed these as we are on number 70. Wow. Uh, also, um, like I said, I am, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it's released, I am currently on a plane to New York. Hopefully, I am on a plane, considering LaGuardia and JFK were shut down yesterday. Um, I hope I don't have a long day, travel day of delays and whatnot at the airport, but uh, heading to New York for some family business. Um, and so I will be there this weekend. So anything that's spoiled this weekend, anything I get, dates, pictures, and stuff like that, will be uh, will be tweeted out. So look for that. Uh, you've got 14 of your 28 guys this season. So that's good. And I'll release some more next week along with uh, some other information uh, about some of the seasons, some of the dates. It all depends, I guess, on what gets out um, during Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's dates as Rose Ceremony number 3 will be on Saturday. And then I believe travel will begin after that. So keep you updated there. But uh, if you want to follow along with spoilers and stuff as it's happening, it'll be happening on my, on, on my Twitter account this uh, weekend. As I just won't have time to get to my computer usually when I'm on the road. So I usually just tweet stuff out. But um, yeah, so keep up to date with that if you want to stay informed on what's happening on Becca's season. But uh, without any further ado, let's get to it. Okay, let's get to our guest. Uh, she is a TV critic for Entertainment Weekly, formerly uh, worked for Yahoo TV. You see her Bachelor recaps every season. It is Kristen Baldwin. Kristen, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Um, you've been covering this. God, it seems like forever. Um, a, a long doesn't time. Doesn't it though? It really, it really does. Uh, yeah, I've been recapping the show. I've been watching the show since the beginning, which is tragic, and then uh, recapping it since uh, really since Jason Mesnick's season. Basically, when the show got put back on the map, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that you had a a, a weird. Not necessarily a weird, but 
a journey to where you were covering enter- for Entertainment Weekly, then you went over to Yahoo TV, and then you just recently went back to Entertainment Weekly, correct? That is correct. Um, and when I went over to Yahoo TV, I was running Yahoo TV uh, and and then ultimately Yahoo Entertainment as the editor. Uh, but I still kept recapping and covering The Bachelor just because I couldn't give it up. Um, and now that I'm back, you know, I'm a TV critic, but I still, I, I must, it's like, I can't not do it. It's kind of a sickness as I think, you know, um, and so I'm still recapping and we'll continue to recap until somebody stops paying me to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, are you, are you still doing anything for Yahoo TV? No, no, that, um, I, was there for about four years and then uh, I left to come back full-time for EW. But they, you know, Yahoo Entertainment is still alive and well and uh, covering all things entertainment. So does any of that coincide with, I get confused on Chris Harrison's recaps because for a while they were always on EW and then, and then all of a sudden he was writing, his recaps were being done on Yahoo. And yes. then I think this season went back to EW as well. Like, does he travel with you? It seems like pretty his- much. <laughs> yes. He has been very accommodating. We started, you know, I had asked him way back when to, if he would do a blog for us uh, at EW and he, he agreed and started doing that. And then when I moved to Yahoo, I asked if he would move with us and, or would move with me. And he did. And, uh, again, very, you know, kind to do it and then when i came back to ew i was like hey will you finish out the season blogging uh blogging for ew and he was fine he said he was happy to do it i gotta admit i've been a little critical of chris's uh recaps uh i understand <laughs> seems like he just mails it in every week yeah <laughs> you know i think he's he is uh walking a difficult line you know he this is his livelihood, and so he's not really going to give the sort of behind-the-scenes dirt that you really would desperately want. Um, but it's people also still do read it, and they do want to hear, even when he's just sort of addressing it in the most general way, they want to hear his take on what happened, um, I think, because he's as much a part of the show as as the bachelor or bachelorette people people love him do you remember that one episode in jillian's season when he wasn't at the rose ceremony and people lost their shit yeah, like i do in like he is an integral part of that franchise whether you you know what no matter how you feel about him so i think you know that's why the blog is still something people want to read do you have any insight as to why he missed that episode did he ever tell you you know i, I I think I tweeted about it once, and I, I don't remember if he even remembered why he wasn't there. I'm sure it was just some travel thing. But, yeah, it was no big scandal. It was just literally like he wasn't there, and poor Jillian had to basically conduct her own rose ceremony. Um, but because, Yeah, because they're so hard to conduct without him there. I mean, what would we no, do? come on. Time? You know it's important. It wouldn't, it's not the same when he's not there saying, ladies, you know, uh, final oh, yeah. rose tonight, all that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, for sure, he's certainly part of it, and it is weird if we don't see him. However, I guess, formatically, it's not like he actually needs to be there. We just are so used to him being there. Right. It's just more of an emotional crutch for us, the exactly. viewer. 
That's a good phrase. He's an emotional yeah. crutch for the show because he is. Because he doesn't. He is. He doesn't do much, but if he wasn't part of this show, we'd be like, oh, kind of miss that guy. Exactly. Exactly. His he's just he's woven into the fabric of this universe now, and so it's weird when he's not there. That's why it was such a tragedy when. ABC didn't, or really, I guess, Fleiss didn't have him host After Paradise that one season. Um, It was just, I just felt like, you know, nobody, people were pissed about it because if somebody's going to announce the new Bachelor, which they did on uh, on After Paradise, I want it to come from Chris Harrison's mouth, not from Sean Lowe's mouth or whatever. Um, But I guess that was probably the last hurrah for After Paradise anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you think? Um, It was... It's weird when he's certainly not around, and that was just a bizarre – that whole After Paradise experience where he wasn't a part of it. And I remember him tweeting out a couple things that seemed like thinly veiled shots yeah. at the show for basically no reason whatsoever why they chose to do that. People people immediately assumed – I remember I got the response I got from a lot of readers was – this is their way of phasing him out of the show. Sean's going to be the new host. And I'm like, no, that ain't happening. As long as there is a bachelor or bachelorette, Chris Harrison's going to be the host. I believe he signed Absolutely. a five-year deal a few years ago. He signed a five-year deal. Um, so maybe that's coming up in a couple seasons and God forbid something happened in negotiations and he doesn't become the host anymore. I just don't see it happening. They're going to, I agree with you. I, I just don't, I, why, why mess with it? You know, unless, you know, I can't unless he chose to leave. But again, that would never. <laughs> like, why would he choose to leave? Why? Yeah. What would be the point? so? Yeah. Exactly. I, I agree. Mean, why would you possibly want to give up golfing in so many different countries? Exactly. Uh, that he does every year. It's like why? I mean, it's the American dream, Steve. Like he really is living it. He's got the best gig on TV. I mean, exactly. If you're probed, or if you're the guy from. I don't know how to pronounce last. Is it Keoghan? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, yeah, nice? with the eyebrow. Phil Keith, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I know who he is. I mean, obviously, they are woven into the fabric of both of those shows. Those shows wouldn't be the same without them as hosts, but they do so much more work, it seems like. Um, exactly. Well, and there's so much more sort of, I think, uh, less glamorous travel, you know, and more a more rigorous uh, uh, sort of production schedule than probably what Chris has to do deal with. So, and they have to explain a lot more on that show in terms of there's actually <laughs> exactly. strategy on that show and what's going on as opposed to, we kind of, like we said, this show could run on its own without a host. Um, but it would most certainly feel a little bit different without Chris there. I mean, we also remember the first season of bachelor pad, where they gave him co-host Melissa Rycroft, which didn't seem to make any I sense mean, either. Like, just why? Just why? I agree. I I just don't. They really should not be messing with any, you know, with the host uh, situation on any of the bachelors at all. So, yeah. although I didn't hate um, his co-host, his color commentator, commentator co-host on Bachelor in uh, uh, Winter Games, I thought that was, you know, she was pretty funny. Oh, um, with Hannah Storm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in general, I think I think he's and, you know, I, it warms my heart to hear you like say nice things about Chris Harrison. <laughs> I mean, you know, his, his blog. But I, I appreciate it makes me happy to know that you appreciate his con- contribution to that to well, Bachelor Nation. I do. And I will always I mean, I, I 
I go through phases in terms of sometimes I just forget to link to it. But I will, if I remember, I'll always link to his blog in my recaps on Tuesday because it's usually up by the time mm-hmm. I post mine on Tuesday. So um, I'll always link to it. And, you know, just to give people, hey, if you want to read what he has to say, yeah, it seems like he's just kind of repeating what we just saw and not giving insight. He, I'm, I think my thing was he used to give a lot of insight to stuff, and it seems like he's just kind of backed off that. I don't know if he was told to or what, but it seems like I the recaps. I think he's just <laughs> – I mean, honestly, I think he's frankly just a lot – busier now you know that he has that second job yeah um than he was when he started and he i think he he doesn't have as much uh time to devote to it maybe he's also writing a uh a second romance novel who yes, knows but book. um yeah. which by the way i read the first one and enjoyed it and i don't care who laughs at me for that <laughs> um <laughs> um i feel like i hope i didn't hijack this or we didn't get way off course from what you wanted to talk about um but i could talk about chris harrison for for as long as you'd like, because I do adore him as my Bachelor Nation overlord. Well, we're not done talking about him, but I do want to ask. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you this: This show and I have an interesting relationship in that it's it's there, but it's kind of not. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always been curious. I hear things through people, and I never know what to believe sometimes. Um, in fact, it's funny. <laughs> so we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. Monday's group date for Becca's season uh, was a dodgeball date. And um, for people that don't know, the the people that show up on these public dates have to get there like hours earlier. And they literally have to sit around doing nothing. Well, and, until the contestants show up and the actual activity part of the date starts well chris and becca did a q a with the crowd this past monday and someone actually asked him about me and i've always been curious to what they say because chris harrison has done numerous interviews whether it's with ew or gma or whatever and at no point during any of those interviews does anyone ever ask him hey what do you think about your season constantly being spoiled months before it airs and no one ever asked him that. And I think that's a pretty interesting thing to ask if you were sure. talking about a show. But I also think that there's probably something where they're told like beforehand, look, we're not even going to address it, so don't even bring it up. Um, and then he kind of, when he was asked on Monday, kind of just from what I was told, skirted around the question and was like, well, I don't really I don't really have much to say. Why is he talking about me? Like that was the answer that he gave. Right. Um, I'm curious what has ever been said to you about it since you have a closer relationship. Have you ever asked him what, what is your thought process on this guy? You know, I haven't asked him. I, you know, I've certainly talked to, uh, uh, Mills Mills. (laughs) about, about it. And, you know, Generally, um, it seems like the relationship is pretty or the feeling is pretty uh, what you would expect. Like you are a bit of a thorn in their side. But on the other hand, like your coverage is certainly not hurting the show. In general, it's probably helping the show. And um, so I think if they really, really, really wanted to shut you down, it would have happened by now. You know, I know there have been some attempts. Um, But I also think... Uh, and this is really just me sort of gleaning this from, from conversations and just general attitudes, like that it's just, you know, 
you guys are uh you've reached sort of a uh what's what's a non-offensive way to say mexican standoff like you know it's just sort of like you know you both are choosing to to move forward without really you know it's a it's sort of a detente at this point and it is my feeling about it and like i think honestly you help the show so um people who want to read the spoilers read the spoilers and people who don't don't you know and i don't know i think i think the fact that you had spoiled and this is really just again my opinion i think the fact that you had spoiled ari's season was the best thing that could have happened to ari's season um certainly because and i'm not like trying to suck up i really truly believe this because it was you know it was a dull season and if people didn't know that all shit all the all hell was going to break loose like it, it would have been less you know there would have been less sort of anticipation and same with i mean so that's kind of how i feel about it and i don't know that and i think that's probably they've uh, my feeling is that everyone's come to sort of a, a a reluctant understanding that uh there's sort of a symbiotic relationship happening here yeah it's almost like a reluctant acceptance like hey, exactly it's gonna happen every season there's nothing we can do we might as well just Hey, it's it's part of our show, and like you said, it does. I, I, you know, I've always said I'm not I'm not spoiling so people won't watch. I'm spoiling it so you just watch it a little bit differently. And I mean, yeah, and I mean, I frankly will. You know, I never put spoilers in my recaps just because people don't like it. But um, and I will address. You know, I will say, well, there are spoilers out there if you want to know. Uh, yeah. But I don't link. And the reason I don't link to you is because people get mad when I do. But um, but. I I always read your summaries before I before the season because I don't want to know what, you know like I I want to cover it knowing knowing what happens. So well I think it, I think another thing is that because of the way social media has become such a big part of this show it mm-hmm. is almost very hard now. I know you say um if you want to be spoiled you'll spoil yourself. If you don't want to be spoiled you won't. However, it seems like in recent seasons, things have kind of changed in that, you know, especially for Becca, let's just use Becca as an example. You can go back to every past lead. But while Becca's season, while Ari's season is airing, Becca posts a picture on her Instagram that doesn't even have anything to do show related. If you read the comments, you immediately see people in there, you know, before I announced Ari had dumped her. It was, Oh my God, I'm so happy for you and Ari. <laughs> and then right. and then later on, she posts a picture of, you know, whatever it has nothing to do with the show. And it's like, Oh my God, Ari is such a jerk. I can't believe he did that to you. I hope you find your man or whatever the case may be. So it's almost like, yeah, you're not going, you know, you don't think you're going to be spoiled by reading Becca's Instagram page, but now it does spread and there, it's true. there is a way. So it, certainly if you definitely want to be spoiled in terms of, detailed spoilers the episode by episode stuff all that um there's a way obviously by going to my site you can get it but yeah there is a way now where it's almost i don't want to say you got to stay off the internet but well but you, you it's true you do on. you do have to kind of put yourself in a sensory deprivation tank to avoid it because even you know like my if i your you know my recap may not have spoilers but some asshat will post spoilers in the comments and yeah. people get angry about it, you know, and I, I personally am, have always thought people are big 
whiny babies about spoilers because it's like just get over it it's not that big a deal on the other hand i i don't think i think it's a you know a, a dick move to if if you're in a safe space like a recap where the recap has said uh you know i'm not going to post spoilers here to then post spoilers in the comments i think that's rude but i mean people on the other hand it's just a tv show calm down like it's not going to ruin your enjoyment like uh it actually you know people get more it, especially with something like this people are more excited when they know oh something big's going to happen or you know i think that helps fuel the anticipation as opposed to kill it for sure and i think that there's the other factor is there's levels of spoilers like yeah there's a spoiler of who wins the show which is obviously a big deal but then there's the spoiler of uh you know oh so and so goes home early like that's technically yeah. a spoiler but is it really that big of a spoiler no so there's there's definitely different levels of spoilers like right now and what i'm dealing with is um the casting of the show of, of becca's right. guys and i've now released half of these guys i mean Technically, those are all spoilers as well. And then the second I release their names, um, the social media uh, hunting begins on when, when do they turn their stuff back on? When do they when they turn their stuff back on? Um, their number of followers have changed and who are they following now? And it's like I've always said, finding the contestants on the show is probably the easiest spoiler you can get. I don't I don't consider myself a mastermind because I'm releasing <laughs> releasing the cast before ABC does. It's probably the easiest part of my job is, is casting. Right. But, um, you know, there's sometimes there are people that I don't know yet. Uh, and then when someone comes home and adds them on Instagram, I'm like, okay, now I know who it is. Um, right. So, so yeah, there are certainly, I mean, there's certainly levels of it. And I, I've always, it's, it's obviously grown throughout the years because social media has become such a big role, played such a big role in the show. And, um, so many public dates now that they choose to do. Uh, it's right. And so many, you know, they know, and I've joked about this in my recap too, when they do these public dates and everyone's got their phones up, they're all, they're all texting photos to you. you know? yeah, I mean, it's like, not hard to figure out. <laughs> so, and what I found really interesting is this season, they almost like started, you know, once you had gotten the spoilers out there about what Ari did, a, you know, ABC started essentially promoting the spoiler in a way, you yeah. know, like they started promoting the, the, with the, the way the promotions were sort of written and, and put together, it was clear they were aimed at people who already knew that like something major was going to happen. So they were just, you know, using it as opposed to uh, pretending like it was really going to be a surprise to people. Yeah, and I think because of a slow season for the people that had no clue and don't read the internet and just watch for two hours on Monday night and then shut their brain off until the following Monday night, it was kind of a wake-up call to them like, hey, something major is happening this season. You might want to stick around. Right, right. If you happen to be bored by what's going on <laughs> by, this season. By what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 really – it's really fascinating. I obviously I don't I don't te I don't speak to people involved with this show very often um, mm -hmm. in terms of the production side or, or anything like that. And I think it's just I think it's funny. And I've said it in numerous interviews of, you know, look, if they ever are asked, if Robert Mills is ever asked or Chris is asked or Fleiss is asked on record, there's not a lot they can 
there's not really a lot they can say. They don't want to admit that um, I'm beating them or they don't want to admit like, hey, yeah, oh, they, he got us again. Like that just doesn't sound good for them. But they right. can't say, oh, that guy's an idiot or he doesn't know what he's talking about because obviously, you know, the track record speaks for itself. But it's just a weird position for them to be in because I just don't hear them. First off, Fleiss doesn't do a lot of interviews. Period. No, he doesn't. Yeah, it's Mills and Harrison who are pretty much the mouthpieces for this franchise. Well, and they also probably don't want to say, you know, well, actually, the spoilers help, you know, because they don't exactly. want to encourage it either. So, yeah, I think they just have to defer and demure as uh, uh, demure as they say. So, OK, mm. makes sense. Hey, guys, I want to take a break real quick. Talk to you about Fordo Coffee. Uh, there are times where some of us need an energy boost. I certainly did after being in a college basketball coma for four days last weekend. Um, friend of Ryan he recently introduced me to Fordo co- Organic Coffee Shots, and they are really good. I'm not much of a coffee drinker, so doing a whole cup doesn't really suit me. But a shot? I can do that. They come in two-ounce shots that look like tiny coffee cups. Just pop off the top, drink for a super quick, clean energy boost, the best you've ever had. And because they're made with only organic, natural Colombian coffee, they don't give you any jitters or make you crash, including 100 milligrams and 200 milligrams of energy flavors, which are equal to drinking one and two large cups of coffee, respectively. There's something for every energy level. It makes me feel a little bit energized. I've never been a huge energy drink guy either. Not big on rock stars or whatever monsters or stuff like that this is but this is it comes in small enough doses like i said it's two ounce shots and it does give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a kick there i love to drink it when i'm just kind of bleh, just kind of laying around and uh, it comes in six flavors my favorite is the hershey chocolate flavor pretty much because hershey chocolate bars are my vice um and i've always just been loving those my whole life so essentially, when I saw that Fordo Coffee had Hershey chocolate bar coffee shots, it's like, yeah, sign me up. Here's the best part. You can buy Fordo organic coffee shots right now at a huge savings, 30% off with the promo code Steve at Fordo, F-O-R-T-O, coffee.com. You heard me right. 30% off only for our listeners. Fordo is normally $15 for six organic coffee shots, but with our code, it's only $10 for six organic coffee shots, and it's free shipping. Take advantage of this deal now, and you'll thank me later. Go to Fordo, F-O-R-T-O, coffee.com, and use the promo code Steve. Now let's get back to Kristen Baldwin, uninterrupted, for the remainder of the podcast. Do you uh, do you remember, I know the first, you said you've been watching since the beginning. Do you remember the first season that you covered? I think it was Mesnick. It was Mesnick for, okay, so that was the one. And when you watched, you had been watching all the years leading up to Mesnick's season, and then Mesnick's thing happens what was your oh by the way were you spoiled on that or did you not know do you remember i was spoiled did you spoil it or who spoiled it you yeah yeah, i was spoiled for sure and was fine about it um i remember just thinking it was a total jackass um and i remember feeling it was interesting because it was so similar to what happened with ari in that if you go back and you watch or read the recap of that finale Jason's mother pushes him toward Melissa yeah. because because Molly has a job and a career and Jason's mother thinks he needs somebody who doesn't have a career, which was already like, lady, what are you talking about? But uh, and so and it was very sort of similar to what happened with Ari in that 
you know, Ari's parents and family were all pushing him toward Becca. And then, and then he, you know, both of them did what did the right choice, quote unquote, right choice. And then, uh, realized after the fact that they, you know, they had chosen, uh, with their heads, not their hearts, however you want to put it. (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, at the time I remember him being, you know, everyone just hating him and, and, uh, and Melissa just being so mad, but it, it was also so good. It was just so good. You know, this show is so, for me, I view it as essentially a soap opera and, um, you know, that was just fantastic. That was fantastic soap opera. Um, and you know, I, I was disappointed in Molly. I remember that she took him back so quickly, but on the other hand, I guess you can't really be surprised when these people exercise poor judgment. And when you're talking about, Jason versus Ari. It's 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 almost very similar in the way things went down because it was right mm-hmm. around Jason and Molly and Melissa taped that thing in January, which was right around the time Ari and Becca's um breakup was filmed at the mm-hmm. at their happy couple visit. So it it is really it's eerie how similar it was and the timing of it of when it happened. Um obviously though the major thing that we're dealing with in the fallout is Jason and Molly decided to date like normal people right. for, for 10 months before he decided to propose to her. Whereas Ari took six weeks to propose to somebody new after ending an engagement, which seems utterly ridiculous. And, you know, I agree. And I do think that, uh, also I believe that Jason believed more at the time when he proposed to Melissa that he was doing the right thing and that he wanted to do that. I think he had really convinced himself to do it. Ari, on the other hand, I think was just, he was such a, he wanted to please the producers. You know, I don't think he didn't like, you know, Becca, but I think that he was just more concerned about being a good bachelor for them than he was about anything else. Um, And that's why he did it. Uh, Whereas, you know, I don't think it's, you know, how, for example, in the first season of Survivor, there's a Richard Hatch and then every subsequent season, somebody wants to be the Richard Hatch. You know, I think Jason was the Jason was the Richard Hatch in that he was, you know, this was he was the first person to do this. And I think he really did it out of sincere, at least initially uh, motives and then realized that he changed his mind. Whereas Ari, I think was like, Oh shit, I'm on TV and I've got to be a good TV star and I've got to give them what they want. And so I'm going to propose that's, you know, my feeling of it. Um, I, I also just don't think he's, you know, obviously that smart and he just, he, he wanted to please the people in charge. Yeah. is I, my feeling. And I believe he has said that in, in post-show interviews and yeah, um, I had Courtney on my podcast two weeks ago and she had spoken to Ari days after he had gotten back from Peru and he told her back in November, I think I made a mistake. So yeah. he knew right away and yeah. and it looked like it was coming and you know, it ended up it ended up happening. Which look I mean I'm there are others in the past that I'm sure regret their decision of who they chose. So I don't really necessarily have a problem with the breakup itself. It was the 
so soon proposal to somebody else that just makes me question a lot of things about well also again he's giving them what they wanted you know like yeah. and and by the way he's probably giving lauren what she wanted in that she was probably mad that she was robbed of the tv proposal with the big ring and all of that and so he killed two birds with one stone by giving the producers a quote-unquote real proposal and then uh giving his future wife ha 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 um a you know the big flashy tv proposal that she probably wanted too which is which happened to be one of the most unromantic proposals we've ever seen oh my on god the, show. It was the reaction shot in the of becca m was amazing <laughs> just looking like she was just like bitch please in the audience um but you know what those two i think they seem made for each other in that they're both kind of dead behind the eyes. Who knows? <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I, 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 I can't say you're too far off on that. Um, <laughs> as someone who covers the show, I don't want to say for a living cause you do other shows. My, my coverage of the show and my coverage of and what I do for my work is strictly this franchise. Yes. You do other things and are, you know, critique other shows. But when it comes to this show, do you have favorite seasons or favorite people you've covered in the past? I mean, I do. The seasons I like the best are the ones that are, you know, obviously Mesnick is a peak season because it was crazy and it delivered a whole lot. Um, I What I really sort of, when you look back at what the show was before they started recycling people, it was, honestly, it was pretty boring. I mean, the the... Bachelors like Andy Baldwin or uh, what's his face, the other, um, all the sort of interchangeable Ken doll blondes that were the Bachelors for a long time uh, were just so boring. And that's why I was always happy when it was somebody different, like a Matt Grant, which was a crazy sort of goofy season, but at least he was something different. And then even like uh, Ben F or, um, you know, I was, I, stand by this and I know that it's terrible, but I was on board initially with Juan Pablo too, because it was just different, you know, and it was mm-hmm. a different things, you know, rather than your just t- standard, you know, it wasn't your cookie cutter season basically. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I do, uh, and even for Nick, you know, Nick is a different type. He, he had been somebody that I hated and then he sort of redeemed himself in, on, in paradise. And I was, that's the kind of season where I feel like, okay, well, they're trying something a little bit new um, in terms of the type of guy. Um, you know, I love uh, – the people I end up loving are like just sort of the random, uh, you know, like Michael G or you know, like um, the Stagliano boys or, uh, you know, those are the people that I love, you know, just sort of the goofy um, contestants uh, who, you know – just have a little bit more of a sense of humor. Um, and, you know, for Bachelorette, uh, I liked Rachel. I thought I thought she was a better contestant than she was a Bachelorette, but I think that's, you know, it's a hard job. Um, and I really wanted Kendall to be Bachelorette this season, but I understand why they went with Becca. Yeah, Kendall would have been a break from the mold because she's a little quirky, and they usually yeah. don't do quirky. They used to, like, they usually keep it pretty close to the best. When it comes to their female leads, just go and she seemed like actually a genuine human person. Um, not that Becca isn't, but like she actually seemed to have, uh, you know, some real empathy for her 
you know, fellow contestants, but uh, she's probably going to end up on Paradise, and that just makes me sad for her. But oh, it's for fun. sure, yeah, they'll all be there. I mean, I mean much, yeah, they'll be there. Pretty much any girl worth a damn from Ari's season is going to end up. I mean, absolutely. Tia, Becca, Kendall, Annalise, uh, Caroline, all the girls that made a name for themselves. Yeah. On Women Tell All are all going to be on Paradise for sure. Yeah, I mean, that they should just subtitle Women Tell All <laughs> as, as I think you've said, Bachelor yeah. in Paradise auditions because it's yeah. just it really is. Yeah. Um, and it just but, you know I you know I get it because that's kind of the show is also kind of turned into that as well as look when you go on this show and you apply to be on the show you know you're going to be a one of twenty five minimum. Mm-hmm. And. I think anybody realistically thinking about going on the show is thinking, look, I'm probably not going to win, but it's going to open up other opportunities, whether financially and in the Instagram world or B opens me up to possibly being on another show, which would be paradise. And maybe now winter games moving forward to where I can meet somebody else from the franchise um, and just use this almost as a dating app, a public dating app, because that's kind of what the show's become. Yeah. Well, and it's also, you know, like those contestants on MTV, Real World, Road Rules, like they became these lifers, you know, who were just on show. They just sort of came back season after season for different different shows. And I feel like this is now that kind of community where you can you can stretch out your 15 minutes for three, four or five seasons, depending on, on uh, you know, how things roll for you. But, yeah, I agree. So it's sort of a, a two way uh, it's sort of a, there's a two pronged um, benefit to it in it. Yeah. That you can maybe get some Instagram sponsorships and maybe get a few free vacations to wherever. So, and now we see MTV is dipping into bachelor world for, yeah. for their people. I don't think it's going to go the other way. I don't think bachelor is going to dip into MTV world for paradise. I do think yeah. though we'll, we will see, Winter Games contestants, on absolutely, Paradise, for sure. Yeah, they definitely want to do that. They've, they've, uh, you know, Mills has said that that is what they want to do. Um, bring some international hotties, which would be good because I'd so much rather see like some hot dude from you know Denmark than some random guy from six seasons ago on The Bachelor that I can't Bachelorette that I can't remember. You know what I mean? So yeah. it just would be way more interesting to have somebody come in who's at least. Uh, just interesting as opposed to like, wait, who's that guy? He was on what season? So, well, the other thing is when you look at this show over the history, it's weird because ratings back in the day, like when this show was around in 03, like the Trista seasons, the, the uh, Andrew Firestones, like ratings back in the day were huge on this show, right? but it wasn't nearly as popular socially. Now Mm -hmm. the ratings are lower now, but it's, this show is now part of pop culture lexicon. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because celebrities watch, they have parties, mm-hmm. some are huge fans, some just love to hate tweet. I mean, do you have any stories of celebrities that you know that are fans that you've talked to or that you know just secretly love the show, anything like that? Well, I mean, I think they're all uh, pretty public about it now, um, you know, in terms of, like Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally or, um, you know, uh, even, it's funny that like, was it Zach Braff who was tweeting about yeah. it? Cause he looks so much like, Ari. uh, Ari. Yeah. And I think it's nice that, uh, that people are out of the bachelor nation closet to be honest, but 
I would point out that ratings for everything back in the day were much higher than they are now in because. terms of like what, yeah, just because of there are fewer options. And uh, so the fact that the ratings are down now, it's sort of, you have to factor in for, you know, deflation <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you in that it's so much more popular now in terms of part of the cultural conversation. And I think that partly is because people, you know, people are no longer ashamed, you know, people are no longer embarrassed to say that they watch it. Um, but yeah, I haven't talked to any particular celebrities directly about, uh, about it though. You can pretty much bring it up around anyone. And if, if you would be surprised, I feel like almost any celebrity that you talk to would be like, Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, like I can't believe so-and-so chose, uh, you know, him over her or whatever. Cause I think they all, you know, I think they all do just watch it. Cause it's fun. I loved that. Um, what's their, fa- Mila and Ashton came on, you know, racial season and, uh, uh, were like publicly just owning it. And I wish they could be part of the franchise <laughs> permanently. Cause I thought they were great. Um, it's interesting. It's yeah. It's it, remember when like professional wrestling became cool to watch, you know, for I don't know. Well, you're, ta- you're talking to the wrong person because I've watched it since I was in sixth grade. No, I know, and thing. I've <laughs> I, I watched it. You know, I watched the local league in Minnesota growing up, and then I I I watched it for a long time. But remember, it was like on the, it was on the cover of EW like late '90s, and it it became more mainstream all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, and then it went back to you know the real hardcore fans. But I feel like this is the case where now finally Bachelor is mainstream and people aren't. You know, they don't pretend they don't feel like they have to pretend that they don't watch it. Well, I think one of the other reasons why it's become so popular, and this is another topic I wanted to talk to you about, was is the tabloid coverage. Um, Yes. You know, back in the day, I mean, I, I believe I'm sure Trista and Ryan had maybe a cover on Us Weekly or something like that. But we're talking every single season you get around February, you get close to the finale. The Bachelor is making the cover of Us Weekly um, two or three times, if not four or five times. It all depends on Absolutely. what's going and on like, in that And Star. Yeah. And, you know, they all come up with like, oh, her tragic past or, you know, because maybe their, you know, mom had a DUI or something back in the day or, yeah. uh, or you know, the ex-boyfriend of so-and-so tells all, um, no, it's, it, and it's much like with, um, teen mom, there's become sort of this supplemental industry, uh, of following these people, you know, their lives off the show, as opposed you know, in addition to on the show. And, uh, you know, again, it only serves to feed into the show's popularity. So that's why, you know, to bring it back to what we were talking about at the top of your podcast, that, you know, you, yes, you spoil the show, but you keep the conversation, you start the conversation and keep it going. And so that helps the show. And the same with, with these tabloids, you know, that are, you know, oftentimes, most of the time, I feel like, at least with the Us Weeklies, it's a lot of, like, there's not a lot of there there in terms of what they're reporting oh, for no. their. Yeah, well, um, yeah. no, trust me. <laughs> but, but then, and, you know, Again, I don't want to sound like I'm sucking up, but I do agree with you that I think it's bullshit that when people essentially report things after you and then don't credit you, that's just poor. That's just bad, poorly, poor. You know, it's just not professional. Like well, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about that, and I was, it was the next thing I was going to bring up with you. Um, 
because it's I think people think that I'm whining when I tweet about us weekly posting stuff after me and and it's really more about me. I want to point out because I I know why us weekly is doing what they're doing and I just want to call them out for it because and you know there I've I've talked to people about this and I've asked people I haven't just jumped on this soapbox and said you know, these people are idiots. I can't believe they're doing this. I've asked people, I said, Hey, look, am I in the wrong here? Am am I wrong by saying they are posting stuff without crediting me? Should do they have to credit me? And basically I've been told, No, you're not, but here's why they here's why they are doing it. So, you know, for those that are, you know, kind of unaware, what I want to point out is when I think it's just journalism is different now than it was five, 10 years ago because of social media, because right. us weekly will stand by the claim like, well, reality, Steve didn't tell us that. Um, what was the one that I posted about recently that uh, I told them? Oh God, their most recent story. I, I don't want to screw it up because it'll, um, uh, the one that I most recently complained about was the fact that they posted something way after I did, and now I'm forgetting what it was. Was it about to... one of the guys, or was it about Becca Caesar? Gosh, I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to remember, because I specifically called them out, and I called out the writer, because I wanted people to literally jump down her throat. Um, it's interesting, because I do, while, you, while you're looking for that, yeah. like I do think that, um, you know, I understand... But the thing is, I want people to understand that, like, it's not just about spoilers or anything like that. It's about any time, for example, if Variety reports that Ben Affleck is no longer going to play Batman and then and they have that exclusively and then somebody else picks it up, the the professional, you know, courteous human thing to do is say, you know, even if you've independently confirmed it, which I bet is what Us Weekly's excuse is, like, well, well, we independently confirmed it. You, you know, the the right thing to do is say the news was first reported by Variety, um, and you know, you often see that in in you know, if the Hollywood Reporter or you know, TV Line or somebody else picks it up, you know, often they will put at the bottom the news was first reported by Variety or by Deadline or whatever. Yes, and it, this is the same thing. You know, like that's fine if Us Weekly independently uh, confirms something that you've reported, but uh, why wouldn't they just say the news was first reported by Reality Steve? Like I don't, I don't get it. The big one that I'm pointing out that I remembered now is when Us Weekly had on the cover, it was the week. It was the week before Ari's finale saying he chose somebody and is now with the girl that he didn't choose. They refused to name names. They didn't say which one he had chosen back in Peru and which one he was now with, obviously. But when you report that five weeks after I had put it on the site, how, how you can't take the time to just say as first reported by reality, Steve, even if, even if us weekly knew this back in January when it happened, um, right. Obviously, we know how tabloids work in that they can't tell that story in January because then they lose their audience. Um, it's the simple fact of how can you not just acknowledge the fact that it's been out there for that long? If it if it was something a day or two later, still, you can say as first reported because I know Us Weekly is up to date on everything that I am reporting. They can't claim ignorance. Um, yeah. If someone on a, you know, in a comment section on 
you know, one let's let's just say in a comment section on your column, on one of your yeah. recaps, comment number 57 is someone saying a spoiler about the season that I hadn't reported and nobody else had reported and then us weekly reports it. I can they're not going to say, "Hey, this commenter they wouldn't give credit to something like that." But obviously and not to pat myself on the back here, but my site has kind of established credibility when it comes to this franchise. Right. They know exactly what I'm saying and when I'm saying it. And that's where my issue lies. Also, it also <laughs> lies with the fact that Us Weekly has done that with me in the past in terms of as first reported by Reality Steve. So on something yeah. as important as the big one of a cover story of Ari is now not with the girl that he chose, how do you not throw in Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know if they're just, I don't know. Cause I really don't think it's going to matter to the reader, um, you know, one way or another. So I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, I've never understood but I, it. You know, and I do see, I do see in the past couple of seasons, I feel like a lot more places are posting spoilers, um, you know, in terms of like, I think there was a reluctance you know, even three, four seasons ago to post for, you know, quote unquote, legitimate sites to post spoilers um, during the season. But I, I have noticed that a lot more sites are doing it. Some are just, you know, writing, aggregating what you've posted and, you know, linking back, but some are, you know, just posting, not, not linking back at all, not yeah. linking back. And uh, I think that it's getting to a point now where there's no reason um where where spoilers, as you said, are really kind of part of the show, and it so th- there is no reason to to pretend <laughs> like it didn't come from your site first. It doesn't make sense, in my opinion. No, and I, I've never really understood it. And my, like I said, my issue with Us Weekly just goes back to either never credit me or credit me every time. Right. This picking and choosing of when you are going to say. As first reported by Reality Steve, I just I don't understand it. And have you and have you asked them directly? Like, have you talked to the writer or anything like that, or ever tried? I've to... sent one DM. I've sent one DM to her. Never heard back. Yeah. Um But when I put them, and in I a... do wonder if it's. I mean, you got to remember, like, it may not be her choice. You know, it may be that her editor is telling her. I don't know. It may be her choice, but it could also be that her editor is you know, for some reason doesn't want to link out to your site or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't even care. I honestly don't even care if they put a link, if they were to say as source reported by reality, Steve, I wouldn't even care if they put a link. All I'm caring about is the acknowledgement. Um, Right. Because I don't need, it it doesn't matter. My, my traffic is going to be what it is every season. It never really, it honestly doesn't fluctuate very much. It's the same uh, crop that are there every season because they know where to come for their spoilers. So if, if us Leakley wants to link me, great. If they don't, I'm not going to be upset at that. It's the acknowledgement. Right. It's because, just the, yeah, and the professional that's just, courtesy, if you will. Yeah, and I think that because of the way things have changed in, because stories are now being broken and exclusives are now being put out on Twitter first as as opposed to an exclusive on a website. Um right. You know, this happens. I'm a huge sports fan, so it happens a lot in the sports world. And ESPN took a lot of heat for a while uh, for claiming 
you know, other reporters who worked for other websites, whether it be CNN or Bleacher Report or The Big Lead or something, were breaking stories. And then minutes later, ESPN was saying, sources reporting to us. Well, it's obvious where you got it. And they took a lot right. of heat. And they took a lot of heat for it. So if you do it a minute or two later, I guess you can get away with claiming that your sources told you this. But when you post something as a cover story five weeks after it was announced on a on a website that has been known to spoil it's kind of right. laughable at that point. Yeah, it's just you don't really have a leg to stand on. I, I, I agree. Let's go. Um, let's go back to talking about Chris Harrison. I'm, I'm just oh, less. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, have has your interactions has he changed at all over the years that you've seen with him? Yeah. No, I mean he's, uh, you know, he uh, is somebody who's just like, you know, I really think he takes pride in his job, you know, and I appreciate that. And he, he, he's also somebody who, uh, I think is in on the joke, uh, in general with the show and like knows, you know, I can, I think he is probably a little sensitive, like remember with, um, you know, unreal, for example, the host was kind of a buffoon and I think it kind of, uh, it rankled him. But on the other hand, uh, I think he's come to a position now where he knows like he, he was he knows that the, the they can't do the show without him and i think he does really enjoy his uh his role there i i think he's a little i mean like all of them there are you know they i think they put a little too much faith in these couples that end up, you know like i think he really does believe like oh they've got what it takes to go the different distance you know with with every new couple and oh i'm sad that they broke up six months later or whatever um but i also i understand that like if this is your your job and your life you you know i i actually appreciate that he's not cynical about it you know i, I appreciate that he really does you know like these people and want them want them to be happy so that's great but no he's always been just a delight and you know he'll come in uh you know whether it was yahoo or ew you know he'll come do interviews he'll come do videos he's uh he's very uh you know he's just a really fun guy to talk to and just so dreamy (laughs) (laughs) he is he's dreamy he's dreamy i don't i you know i stand by it and you know, he he thinks it's funny that everybody keeps saying he wants he should be the bachelor. I mean, that would never happen. Um, I know, and I don't think he would ever want that to happen. But I think it's nice too. I think he appreciates it. Um, and why wouldn't he? In your talks with Chris or Mills or even Fleiss, um, have any of them ever suggested to you on how long they plan on doing this? No. And um, it's always sort of been just the idea that, uh, you know, it's never going away. (laughs) There's never been any sense of like, oh, we're wrapping up or, you know, none of that. And, um, you know, I really I I don't see any reason why they would get rid of it at this point. I think it's, you know, much like Survivor, it can keep going indefinitely um, provided, you know, they can stay in the conversation. And I do think it would be nice uh, for them. I think it's getting to be the time where they need to maybe, I don't know. I would love your opinion on this, but I, I, I think it could be time to maybe get a fresh bachelor. You know what I mean? Like not somebody from previous seasons, just find somebody else and somebody from outside 
Um, I don't know. What do you think? I just think it could that could be a, a nice shakeup uh, for the next season. Well, I've I've read their answers, and their answers. I think Chris's particular answer has been: if you're a restaurant and you make the best hamburger in the world, why are you going to start making pizza? And it's basically, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I think that I think it's now twenty. I think I think Becca will now be twenty-two or twenty-three seasons in a row now, where the lead is someone who was either on the previous season or yeah, started and, with Mesnick. Yeah, Mes- basically ever since Mesnick is when they've started re um, repeating everything. Now, could they do it? Sure. Their answers seem to be. Why Why change the formula? It works. Well, I mean, my answer to that is Ari Lyondike, because let's be honest, like... But he was also someone from five years ago. Maybe they never do that right. again. Well, that's the thing. The thing is, if you are going back, if you are scraping the bottom of the barrel to the point where you're going back to somebody five years, you know, who's been kicking around for five years, maybe it's time, you know, if if they find themselves in a situation where their options are pretty limited. Like they had Peter and was any, uh, what's his face? Was any, uh, who would have been Peter, Peter, Eric or Dean basically. Yeah. Not, no, no, and, not Eric, um, Peter, Eric. Yeah. Peter, Eric and Dean were the, and if, if they, for whatever reason, weren't satisfied with those three, like maybe pick somebody new just because, uh, you know, if you have an obvious, like if Peter would have done it, he would have been a slam dunk obviously. Cause, um, I don't know how you feel about him, Steve, but he's dreamy. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, but, I feel like if they don't have a, a slam dunk, then don't go back. Don't start, you know, digging through the recycling bin. Find somebody new. Find some hot, rich guy from, you know, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Just reboot. And then that guy becomes part of the family. And then, you know, you move forward. I just, I don't know why when they, when they seem to be painting, they seem to be painting themselves into a corner by insisting on choosing somebody from previous seasons. Uh, you know, I heard they had even been talking, honestly, to Robert, Roberto. Remember him from yeah. Alley season? Like, if you're going that far back, like, it's time to reboot. Hit force, quit, find a new hottie, and move forward. I think that before the show goes off the air, I do think they will do it at some point. But yeah. I don't know when. And I... I get why they do it because of the whole, they already have a built-in storyline for this person. Right, if exactly. Br- if we bring in, you know, CEO of this company who's good looking guy, rich, successful, but hasn't found the right woman, nobody knows him other than what ABC presents him as in any Google search that comes up for the guy. He just yeah, doesn't that, have anything you know, built in for people to be attached to for the It worked for the first 10 seasons though, or whatever it was. So it could work again. It's just that, I, I agree. Like a known quantity is definitely, you know, safer and better than an unknown. But if you don't have a slam dunk known quantity, then don't reach, you know, don't, don't stretch, find somebody new. Maybe you throw a few, you know, bachelorettes in there uh, from previous seasons. So you have some brand recognition, but like yeah. get a new guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you, I, I, did a quick look at the guys that you've reported on for Becca season. And I don't know if there's anybody in there who's got bachelor potential, but um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say at this point it's, it's early. 
Um, yeah. We haven't seen how they come across on TV, how they're going to play out, where they're going to finish, because we know their bachelors are pretty much someone who finishes in the top four, and then right. Bachelorette is always somebody who finishes in the top four. So, I mean, it's too early to tell about these guys. We We don't know just yet. The one thing that I do know, and just looking at schedules and calendars and whatnot is I know two guys that have gotten a lot of attention just off of the couple weeks that, you know, last week with the 10 guys and today with the four guys is the two football players, Clay and Colton. However, if those guys have any interest in ever playing in the national football league again, the bachelor films during football season. So they're out as potential candidates and they would never take a season off of bachelor to, they would. Yeah. No I, NFL I, team I, would take them seriously again. Be like, wait a second, you decided to take a season off to to be the Bachelor. Like, no, we're not interested in having you on our team. So, was Was Jesse Palmer already retired by the time he did pretty Bachelor? Much, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think he ever went back to it. And and he's had a great career since then in TV. So yeah, so I guess that if they want to make the transition to you know sports commentator, fine. But on the other hand, you know, from a from a woman looking to get married, specific, you know. And, angle from those women who would be on those seasons. I don't want a husband who was a football player because I don't want to deal with somebody who's going to end up having degenerative brain disease, you know, <laughs> like, and, you know, end up with early onset dementia because, or, the, know, or the stigma attached to just being a professional athlete, the amount of women that they, that throw themselves at these guys. Right. Um, right. That you're going to have to deal with that. Um, but, exactly. But just going by, if, if, if Clay or Colton ever want to play, Next season in the NFL, they can't logistically right. be the Bachelor. Be the Bachelor, so we can oh, man. cross them Colton. off the list. What a name, Colton! And you know Colton's you know Colton's story, right? No. Oh, Colton! Tell is me the, Colton's story. Colton is the guy who last year did a YouTube video asking Allie Raceman out on a date, the gymnast, and he dated her for six months because Colton's teammate is Sean Johnson's husband. His teammate when he was on the Raiders is Sean Johnson's husband, and Sean Johnson obviously is. Oh, my God. This is like as the NFL turns. Yeah. I love it. And so, yeah, his 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 video went viral. He did a viral – his video went viral of Allie Raceman watching a video of Colton asking her out on a date. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'd go out with him. And then it became a story, and they – all you all you got to do is Google Colton Underwood, Allie Raceman. You can see them at a lot of events, oh a lot my of gosh. premieres or whatever. And then they broke up, I think, roughly last summer. And now he's on this show. Obviously, I'm sure he was recruited to be on this show. Colton didn't well, just right. openly just say, I'm going to go on The Bachelor now. Like, I'm sure there's something yeah. there. He's a very fringe NFL player. Um, but like I said, if he wants to be on an NFL roster next season, he can't be The Bachelor. And same goes for right. Clay. So. Clay's had a more extensive career in the NFL. He's actually been on a few teams, scored touchdowns. Colton is very, very hanging on by a thread. So maybe. So he may just feel like, you know what, it's never going to happen for me in the NFL. Very possible. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. And like he could then parlay that into a decent, you know, commentating career if he wanted to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, if, if there is one of those two that, might be giving up NFL and going into a career in media. And this guy's already, you know, dated Allie Raceman and kind of gotten his name out there. Uh, it would be Colton. So I guess he's a possibility, but honestly, as of right now, as of March 21st, I don't know what his NFL plans are. I mean, if right. He, so if he is 
really wanting to stick out NFL and do with this, then then he's done in this franchise in terms of possible next bachelor. But do I expect him to go fairly far on this season? Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah. I would think so. Um, so that's a lot of bachelor talk that we got a good hour, but I do want to talk to you about um, some of the other stuff that you cover. You're a TV critic. So you cover a lot of shows just in general. What are some of your favorite shows that like are on your DVR and are must see TV for you? I mean, my favorite comedy at the moment is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love it. Okay. Uh, I wrote a piece recently begging Fox to renew it because it has not yet been renewed. <laughs> it's available to watch on uh, Hulu past seasons and then uh, it's on Sundays on Fox. So please check it out if you haven't watched it. It's hilarious. Um, you know, I loved uh, last season of Legion on FX. I haven't seen the new season yet. Um, I am sort of a big nerd for like period pieces i just watched the upcoming uh howard's end miniseries that's going to be on stars loved it um like all-time favorite show is the wire best show ever made you know that's basically in not disputable that's just the truth and the facts um but then of course i'll dispute uh, it but go ahead <laughs> oh steve don't even let's 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 just keep this friendly yeah um and then uh you know, my all-time favorites involve, you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, uh, you know, comedies like How I Met Your Mother and Friends. Um, in terms of shows right now that I love, um, it's not on at the moment, I guess, but Veep. Love Veep. I was really into Westworld. I'm interested in that new season. Um I still watch Nashville, Steve. I still watch it. I still love it. I, I don't, don't know why. I don't blame you. I've seen every episode. Right? It's still so good. It's terrible, but I love it so much. I wouldn't even um, say it's terrible. Like I don't I thought it was going to be too campy for me after a while, but I'm I guess when you put in that much time and you watch every episode and you get that invested, um yeah. I'm I think they're all incredibly talented. Uh I think the music yeah. is really good. It is. I thought it would fall a little bit when Connie Britton decided to get written off the show and I was like, how are they going to She's like the person of Nashville. She's the show. Yeah. And, but it, it, it's, it's held its own. You know, it's only, yeah. it's got this last half of a season left and then, it, and then that's it. But, oh, trust me, I'm, I'm with you on Nashville. You won't Good. I'm glad to there. hear it. I um, love it. And this season, the only other thing I would uh, say that I'm really, really loving this season is uh, Assassination of Gianni Versace, the second season of Crime Story, yeah. American Crime Story, which I just think has been phenomenal and so moving. Um, and the finale is this week. I have not watched that one. I watched the OJ one last season. Mm -hmm. It's like anything I that Ryan Murphy does seems to be gold. Um, yeah, I w you should check this out. It's really well done. So it seems like that you're more of a cable show girl as opposed to network TV. Do you have any network shows that you watch? I mean, besides Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. let's see, in terms of dramas, do I watch any? No oh, you know, I watch This Is Us, but I have sort of a, I like it, but then sometimes it annoys me just because I feel like it's manipulative, but I still watch it and like it. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to talk <laughs> know, about this for a second. News. It's manipulative. I'm curious. Um, what I've never heard anyone describe this as us that way. What makes you see it are as you manipulative? Serious? Yeah, what, manipulative in what way? I mean, it, it is. I like to refer to it as 
an emotional procedural. You know how like you watch a procedural, like a crime or legal procedural, um, because you you know you like the the notion of like okay, there's going to be a bad guy and they're going to catch the bad guy by the end of the 44 minutes. With this is us. I feel like it's an emotional procedural because you go in and you're like, okay, I want to cry. I need something to make me cry. And by the end of the 44 minutes, they've done something to make you cry. And and it it feels very, uh, you know, it. it it's engineered to tug at your heartstrings, but you know, fine. That's fine. I still, I enjoy it. I just sometimes find it a little annoying. I will, however, say the one, uh, I'm glad you brought up broadcast because I do enjoy, um, the new Shondaland show for the people, which is a legal drama. And, um, it just, uh, premiered, I believe it's on Mondays and it stars Britt Robertson. And it really, it's, I thought it would just be sort of a, you know, not very interesting, for legal drama but i really enjoyed it it's got like it's got great actors some great uh you know veteran actors uh anna devere smith and ben shankman and vondi curtis hall uh, are all on it and uh hope davis and then a young cast of sexy young lawyers who you know are face off in court and in you know and go to sleep with each other at night you know that kind of thing like uh but it's actually it's really fun and well done and it's a, you know just a, a really enjoyable Shondaland drama so I've been I've uh, seen the first like five episodes of that and really liked it let me ask you about we're gonna we're gonna dip into my favorite shows and yes these, these are all off the air and they're all and I'm just curious of what you have thought of them let's start with number three on my list um yeah, I guess it would be number three. Um, Lost. You know, I loved Lost. Um, Were you pro or anti-finale? I guess I didn't love the finale, but I wasn't, like, angry about it. You know, I, I tend to... It, it takes a lot for me to break up with a show. And it, I also get really annoyed with people when they're mad that there are cliffhangers like season one, when the, you know, they didn't open the hatch or they opened the hatch and we didn't see what was in the hatch and people were so angry. It's like, dude, have you ever watched a soap opera? It can be the same day for a month, you know? So yes, if they want to stretch this out and not open the hatch at the, at the end of the season, that's fine. That said, you know, obviously the first few seasons were better than as it, kind of went off the rails toward the end. I'd never really fully understand what was happening in that second half of the, of the show's run. But I, I, I was happy that there was closure for those characters, you know, so you know, it wasn't the world's best finale, but I still, you know, I wasn't like mad and I wasn't going to hate tweet Damon Lindelof about it. Like a lot of people did. Um, Right. The the thing I find interesting about Lost is those that are absolutely just edge of your seat right now with This Is Us don't, I mean, This Is Us is essentially the same exact storytelling as Lost. I mean, we're talking, yeah. and people don't, people that didn't watch Lost are thinking This Is Us is like some genius storytelling when, <laughs> yeah. when it essentially, creator, like, look, I yeah. love This Is Us, but. I I've seen this before where you can literally jump back and forth scene to scene with something that was in the past and something that's happening in present day. Like it's been done before. Let's not. And even the creators of this is us have said, you know, they've, they've talked about how they are, you know, like they are, you know, using the lost format, obviously in a much different way, but it is, yeah, they didn't create this idea of flash forwards and flashbacks. And this is why I've always 
been of the assumption and been of the opinion that Lost was one of the best shows in net network shows in the last, I don't know, 10 or 20 years because it did something that you hadn't seen before. And, and, and that has now become a norm yes. in terms of storytelling. And no, that's true. It was, it was for, for sure. It was groundbreaking in that, in that, way and was a really incredible show for many seasons uh so the fact that people didn't love the finale i don't think that wipes out everything that it accomplished before that yeah and i think that's why i looked at it as it's i mean you can you can agree or disagree with the finale and then in season five which was a lot of time traveling and time jumping that got very confusing but the storytelling and we just hadn't seen something like that on TV before. Right. It makes it an important show. Like a, it's a show that has to be talked about because of the way it chose to tell its story. Absolutely. So number two on my list is Friday night lights. Oh, oh I do love me some Friday night lights. Okay. So um, you're oh on. God, I love Kyle Chandler so much and Connie Britton. I mean, honestly, that is maybe the most I, Deal and not in an idealized, but you know, a realistic and yet aspirational uh, portrayal of marriage. You know, Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton's characters, like they were, their marriage was real, and yet you just really were like, if if they were relationship goals uh, in so many ways. I mean, obviously, the Landry murder storyline season two was ridiculous, but they all know that. I really enjoyed the show up until the very end. Um, and I love the way it ended. The cast changes never really, you know, obviously it's sad when people, when leave, when people leave, but I felt like it, it maintained a really strong uh, ensemble all the way through. And yeah, I did love it. I loved it. But you said you didn't like something at the end? You didn't like the finale? Uh, no, no, no. I did love the finale. I'm oh. saying the, the um, I didn't like the Landry murder storyline, okay, but nobody it. liked the yeah, Landry murder story. But I thought the finale was wonderful. You know, when she says, it's my turn, babe, it's my turn. <laughs> and he takes the job elsewhere. Like, come on. <laughs> it was amazing. It was her turn. Well, so, I, I, yeah. I think what's interesting um, about, you know, Friday Night Lights is, you know, it's almost gotten a groundswell of it became more popular after it went off the air than while yeah. it was on the air. Yes. Um, and I mean, M- NBC canned it and they moved it to DirecTV and then DirecTV aired it and then NBC aired it <laughs> after yeah. it was already over on DirecTV. It was just a very like critics loved it, but never got the audience that it deserved. And I've always I've always said this and you said it in your answer, but I I will claim that that Kyle and and Connie coach coach Taylor and um, Tammy Taylor, Tammy Taylor's relationship on that show they are the most realistic married television couple in the history of television yes i mean and they they, but, were, they yet, weren't acting like they and if you've done anything post-show and read about this show how it was written it's like they didn't they weren't given scripts every week to memorize you watch a you watch a comedy or a sitcom that and you see the interaction between the husband and the wife it's just like they're just reading lines that they've memorized um, Friday Night Lights was not written that way. They were put in scenarios and said, go. And yeah. they had to hit certain beats, but they didn't have to memorize lines. And you could absolutely 100% tell that 
when you watched Friday Night Lights and especially when you watched Connie and Kyle act. It was just a, a level of acting that you just don't see on television. And for a married couple, it was realistic in terms of the things that they dealt with, the things that they talked about, how they responded mm-hmm. to situations. It was just... And it was also nice that they liked each other, you know, like so many married couples on TV are either, you know, ridiculously sappy or they hate each other. And this was a couple that you could tell they really loved each other, even though they would bicker, they would fight, they would get stressed out. But they they always you could feel that there was, you know, a, a foundation of love there and in a real way, a married love, not a like crazy uh, you know, honeymoon stage love, like a real mature relationship, married love. And it was, I don't know. I just, I love them so much and I wish they were my parents. <laughs> yeah. I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people have that sentiment after watching yeah. that show. Uh, okay. And then my number one, I have no idea how you're going to feel about this. If you even watched it, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, or maybe you watched a few seasons here and there, but my number one show of all time. Okay. Is 24. Interesting. It is. And again, I think it's one of the most important shows because it is the only show that storytelling wise was able to pull off what they did. No show has ever done it since. And any show that does it would basically be a a direct copy. I mean, this is us is taking elements of lost to do 24 now it would just be like, well, it would have to be twenty four. You couldn't call it anything else. Well, they they did it. They called they it twenty four legacy. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I really enjoyed uh, probably the first two or three seasons of twenty four. I loved Kiefer Sutherland in that role, and also yes. just you know there were other people, uh, uh, great you know actors on that show. I mean, they did run into the same problem every season. The sort of Terry falls into the well amnesia or Kim gets caught in a cougar trap, you know, usually around, what was it? Episode eight or nine. Cause they had to, you know, find something to do with one of these characters uh, to keep them occupied while they move the rest of the story forward. And so there was that kind of storytelling uh, challenge they faced every year. And, you, and it almost became like, you could predict like, Oh God, now, we're, you know, somebody's going to get caught in a cougar trap. But you know, when it was good, which was, you know, often, especially in the first couple seasons, it was just so exciting. And he was such a good hero. Um, And like a real, you know, superhero, not with powers, but like, he was somebody that, you know, just an action hero. It was a really, it was like a a great big budget action movie, but on TV. Um, And you got that kind of thrill that you would get from a really good actor movie where some guy comes in and against all odds you know beats up a whole room of uh bad guys with a newspaper and an orange and then uh you know saves the day and so um yeah i really did like it i think i think it was a hard thing to sustain and so you know i think it's inevitable that later seasons in my opinion were not you know as good and things got more ridiculous and uh, it was just harder to pull off time after time, but I agree with you that it was it did something that no other show had had done, and certainly other shows that tried to do the real time thing, you know, like um, watching Ellie. Do you remember that no. with Julia Louis Dreyfus for a hot minute? Um, that was a sitcom that was supposed to be like twenty two minutes of her life every week, um, and then other shows had did so- done something similar where 
uh, you, often sitcoms where it's like there was that one show, Mixology, that was supposed to be like one night at a bar or uh, another show that was supposed to be the week before somebody's wedding. It just never really worked. But with 24, they really did pull off that real time uh, uh you know, concept pretty successfully for the first few seasons. And, you know, you didn't really care that he never peed or he never ate or he never slept, you know, it was because it, it was so exciting. Well, yeah. Um, and I think, I think the other thing is that, you know, to do a full season in real time, essentially you're just watching. It's like, you can't even judge the episodes. It's just, you have to judge the season because it's basically one long movie since it's one yeah, continuous, yeah. it's a 24 hour movie. Well, minus commercials, it's about 16 and a half hours, but right. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're just watching a 16 and a half hour movie. But after a while, after the first few seasons, I was like, God, how, can they sustain this? And ended up doing nine seasons and they won the Emmy in season five and yeah. Kiefer won best actor in season five and they got best and they got best drama in season five, which was just, which I thought, and I think you ask most fans of the show, season five was their best season. It just, for whatever reason, every single, because you have to tell, like you said, there's so many stories characters in the show and if you're doing everything in real time you have to have side stories that aren't nearly as important or whatever right right and season five just seems like every single storyline they hit hit was and, that the season was that the season with edgar edgar came on in season four but he was in season five he died in season was five. was that the season that he died yes oh, it was it was, was the season, season it was the season where um and chloe they brought in it was the season where they brought in Charles Logan as the president uh, and oh, he was right. the okay. best, he was the best villain president we've ever seen. Yeah. And I think, and speaking of presidents, when we go back to the beginning of that show, I mean, 24 debuted in 2001 and Dennis Haysbert was the president, you know, Palmer. Run, president Palmer. There is always something to be said. And I will not argue with anybody who says this, that seeing him as the president of the United States in season one and season two and into season three, um, I don't know what percentage you can put on it. I don't know how much you can say it did, but I absolutely think seeing Dennis Haysbert in that role as president and being such a likable president had some factor in Obama getting elected. I mean, I think what was notable about it is that there was really, to my recollection, there was nothing about his race as part of the show. You know what I mean? It was like, he was a black president, but that wasn't like, that wasn't the, the reason for whatever attack was happening. It was just, it was just a fact. It wasn't something that was made a big deal of, and that's more important than anything, you know? And, uh, and he was so likable. likable. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was, was such a likable guy that I don't and, I like mean, presidential. He was really presidential. And now he's, you know, telling us to get state farm insurance because you trust him. Yeah. And it's just amazing. I mean, I dare anyone to go watch the first three seasons of 24 um, and not and not look at that guy and be like, holy shit, what that guy convinces me that he could be the president of the United States. Yeah, absolutely. He, no, was, he was so good sure in that role. So good. And I think it helped his career a lot. And, uh, you know, it's good. Like he's, he's, so it was in addition to being like an action, you know, a really good action movie, it had great actors in it, you know, which isn't always the case in an action movie. So, um, and you know, I think Kiefer was fantastic. Um, and I always appreciated the fact that when he had to go to jail for DUI, he like 
made sure to schedule his jail time so that it wouldn't affect production of the show. Like, I thought that was a really, you know, professional thing to do. Uh, I always appreciate it. You know, I thought that was uh, like the least sort of celebrity thing to do. You know what I mean? Like he, he wanted to make sure that he wouldn't screw up production. So he took his jail time over Christmas or whatever it was. I th- I mean, Kiefer, like you said, in that role was, was great. And it's so funny watching Designated Survivor right now. Are you? Have you watched it? I've seen it, but I just I couldn't get into it. Well, you can't get into it. Number one, because at least for me, I mean, I've seen every episode, but it's it's basically Jack Bauer as president. It's really yeah. the same mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he um, same situations, and then knowing that there are so many former people that were on 24 that are in designated survivor. It is really eerie watching that show of how many past, uh, cast members from 24 have shown up in some capacity on designated survivor, whether it's a recurring role or whether yeah. it's cameo for one episode, it's, I'm like, Oh my God, another one. Oh, 24. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And it's just, Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, a, an important show, I think, yeah. Because the way it told its story was just unlike anything you've ever seen. And it's pretty amazing that, yes, you might have had some storylines here and there that failed the cougar and Terry Amnesia <laughs> and stuff like that. However, to write that much and to do it for nine seasons and not have it completely fall off the map where you can keep people invested and essentially yeah. have a cliffhanger at the end of every single episode where you're like, oh, my God, I got to. Because another one show that really picked up steam on DVDs back when people, yeah. people actually watched DVDs and nobody yeah. watches it anymore. It's like you couldn't, you put the first disc in and you're like, damn it. I got yeah, to gotta, start watching gotta the second watch, disc. It, it was made to binge watch. Oh, I mean, yeah. It really was. Yeah. And then, then people would binge watch it. And then be like, all right, I'm all caught up on the show. And then the new season of 24 would start and you'd be like, really? I have to watch one episode a week? Like, this is killing me. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's rough. So um, I, I just... Well, I'm it, just happy that Kiefer is still working. I, I, I am happy that he's... It may not be 24, but I'm glad that he's gainfully employed. Yeah, it's like designated survivor is like 24 light to me. It, yeah. It really is. Um, but anyway... That's TV talk for you, everyone. <laughs> that was a good. I mean, I, I I could talk television for a long time. It's, it's Me too. been part of my life. It's obviously your job. Um, but yeah, I I hope people uh, gain some insight listening to this, and uh, thank you for coming on and and talking oh, about. It was your, such a. It was a delight. I am so glad that you asked me. We had never had any. I don't think we had ever spoken before. I contacted you for this. Had we? We had never had any no, email contact so. in the past or nothing, huh? Okay. No. And what? I was more than happy to uh, to come on because obviously, like I said, I've been reading you for a long time, and I rely on your uh, your intel to get me through the season in an ed- educated fashion. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad I could provide that for you, and I and I and I do appreciate you. Uh, one of the few in the media who do reference me, and you might not link to it, which I'm fine with, but you acknowledge what's out there, and I appreciate that. So thank well, yeah, you. and I figure if people, you know, people want to know, they will, they know where to go. And I also know that if they don't want to know, and I've put a link in there, it's going to be too tempting for them to not to click, you know. So that's why I, I, I just uh, leave it out because they know how to find you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, we'll have you on again in the future, no doubt. More TV I would love talk. it. All right. Thank you, Kristen. 
Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. So thank you to Kristen for that. Uh, good TV talk. As you know, uh, I'm a big TV fan. been watching TV my whole life. And um, I could talk about shows uh, forever. Um, but I did want her opinion on my on my three favorite shows, 24, Friday Night Lights, and Lost. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a good talk. And um, if you could, rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Be very much appreciated. If you subscribe, the podcasts are in there on Thursday, right when I upload them. Within five seconds, they're usually uploaded into your queue. So you don't have to wait for me to tweet anything out or, or post anything. Um, and... Um, yeah, so that was number 70, and we'll be back next week with uh, number 71. I think I think it's going to be someone from the challenge um, waiting to get confirmation on that. If not, then it'll be somebody else. But um, thank you to Kristen for that. I hope you read all of her work at uh, entertainmentweekly.com during Bachelor and Bachelorette season and Bachelor Christmas. So uh, for Kristen, I am Reality Steve, and uh, we will talk to you next week. See you. See you.